I wouldn't kiss that baby Jesus. That's definitely lead paint they used on those dolls. Hey. Yo. How's it going? Good. I am having a really g- great day, minus a few technical difficulties. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. You said you weren't feeling that well before, right? I wasn't feeling good uh, probably up until about like Tuesday this week. But yeah. How are you? How are you doing? I'm fine. I woke up feeling a little nauseous this morning, but... um. Shout out to Ginger Tea for being the true healer of all healers. Um, so yeah, that Gin- Ginger Tea is a hit or miss with me. I actually—it's weirdly like if I'm nauseous, like peppermint's more my go-to. I feel like yeah. ginger tends to give make my acid reflux worse. Believe it or not. Yeah. So the the real like key to figuring that out, it, or like offsetting the acidity to it, is actually lemon. Um, which is funny because a lot of times people think like, oh, lemon, isn't that going to be worse for my acid reflux? But with a little bit of lemon, it actually like offsets the alkaline in your system and it helps with things like acid reflux and any of the acid in your stomach. Um, Interesting. Actually, you know what I just realized? So on my personal Instagram page, I have a a saved story highlight from two Christmases ago (laughs) where... I was sick and I was at your house and you decided to make me some disgusting beverage concoction to cut my cold life mm-hmm. down. And I will say, I think it worked because by the, by the time I flew back to California, it was much better. But the video is really funny and I'm currently trying to figure out how we can get it on our Broads Instagram page because oh it's peak Broads. Yeah. Our listeners, you should definitely know that um, I do believe in science. I don't need people coming for my whole fucking life being like, man, like you and your holistic health are alternative medicine options. Like I I believe in science too, but I do believe that our foods have healing powers. I think there are like, right, because before modern medicine, there was a way in which people had to figure out how do I make myself feel better if I'm sick or I do not feel well or I'm tired and blah, blah, blah. Right. So people had to figure out like, what is there what is there for me to do in the meantime and so our foods and our like things of natural resources had to help people so i'm a believer in both but i distinctly remember the concoction you're speaking of and it is absolutely disgusting um <laughs> it's i believe it's oregano oil apple cider vinegar uh some elderberry syrup with some lemon and then i just like I think I put something else in there too. I think I probably put some like liquid zinc in there. Yeah. Uh, the kick the kicker is, is that during this whole video production, your dog is just <laughs> standing by uh <laughs> watching uh this whole process and looking at me confused and wagging its tail. Yeah, he he was more concerned, like, what are you doing to your friend? Like, we like her. What are you <laughs> doing? He was very concerned. He's a good boy. He's um good. I'm about to have him for a few weeks uh, over the holidays, and I'm so, so excited. Oh, my, that's my, nice. My parents are going to be, like, uh, babysitting for my brothers and from, like, one house to the other, so they just, like, can't take him everywhere. So I was like, I'll take him. And so I'm so excited. This is 30. You get really excited about, like, the dumbest shit. I get excited for Christmas cards now especially if there's little babies on them. Like I'm so excited for Christmas cards. I I just got so excited because my landlord's really great and they dropped off little gifts every year to everybody in my building. 
Aww. and they got they got me little socks with bumblebees on them and i'm kind of obsessed i love socks you guys if you want to make cola really happy you get me some like fun socks with like cool stuff on it yeah that's the best gift i, I i'm a lover of socks as well it, it just really is just the little things like i also got i went to target on monday and spent way too much money i'm officially someone i swear to god it's like i turned 30 and all of a sudden it's like oh i love target although a lot of my friends who are like even in like their early 20s love target and i never really understood the fascination but um now i like love target and i bought a little pill dispenser to remember to take my vitamins every single day wow um you it's not a 30 thing you just jumped from like 30 to 60 (laughs) Well, I'm not putting like like actual medicine in there. It's just like, oh, my vitamins. Because first off, again, I take a lot of supplements um, to like keep myself healthy. And I just didn't want to keep going upstairs every day and like shifting through like nine or 10 bottles just to fucking take my vitamins. So now I do it once a week and they're in the little pill canister. And I remember if I took them or not because the canister is empty or not. It's perfect. I love that. My grandmother used to do something similar, but just labeling the orange little pill bottles. Anyway, what I thought was fun about that is she kept her little pills next to all the cookies and snacks in the cabinet, too. I always think about that. Or did your grandmother have the cookie tin that actually didn't have cookies in them? Yeah, the sewing tin. Yeah, okay. Making sure. Kristen and I talk about that a lot. (laughs) Yeah, it's perfect. Um. But yeah, should we jump jump right in today? We're we're actually recording on my lunch break at work today, so sure are. A little, uh, yeah, a little bit different. But yeah, let's uh, let's do. We have some thoughts. So we have two this week. I think the first one. Um, let's start. Actually, let's start with the MTA one. So did you? I sent you the article. So for those who don't know, um, there's a bill by a, a policymaker in New York being proposed right now for, I guess, because the MTA is hurting so so bad. No one's really traveling on it and. It needs to like have some life or some revenue being put back into it. So the policy maker proposed that for every essential delivery in New York City that is being delivered, there's a $3 surcharge to go into like, again, to go into a, a budget of some sort to help the MTA and offset uh, the struggles that MTA is having right now. What are, what are some of your thoughts on that? So this is weird in my opinion, like it's a $3 surcharge and you mentioned it's for essential. So this is not for anybody doing like groceries or like, uh, what did it's like something, not like food or medicine. It said it's not supposed to, it's not supposed to be food. It's so it's non-essential. I'm sorry. It's non-essential that the surcharge is non-essential. So, so food and groceries and things like that shouldn't be what the surcharges is used for. Right. Um, It's more like, I guess if you get like a, like a, I don't know, something from like Wayfair delivered, right? Like, or like some furniture or something like that. And this is from no matter what company, no matter where it comes from is always going to be. And that is to save the MTA. I'm, it's just interesting because the city has spent years bragging about how much money they pour into the MTA budget. And I still have yet to see the results of that. Have you ever walked into a subway station <laughs> on a day that it's raining really hard and there is an waterfall, an avalanche of just dirty water just pouring from oh, the yeah. ceiling? Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's just disgusting. Um, I mean, I've seen some improvements over the years, but I'm just curious as to like, I mean, I guess that you could say, yeah, that no one's buying like, and they continuously raise the fare too. That like always, 
Always, always, right. always. So I'm just confused as to why, I don't know. I want to, I guess I need to know a better, like what their budget looks like. I don't know. I don't think it's a good idea. New Yorkers are definitely not happy about it. Um, yeah. And what I was also reading in that article is they're like, it promotes you to like use your local, uh, you know, hardware stores and other businesses more because if you order things, then you'll get this $3 surcharge. Um, and I don't know if it's going to do that anyway, because we're in the middle of a pandemic and mm -hmm. the message is to try and not leave your home. As right. Like, much why, as would I, why would I go to a store? I'm told to stay the fuck home and right. not go to the store. Yeah, I I'm always fascinated when it comes to the MTA, but especially because similar to you, I'm always like these trains, the especially I always have to like be mindful. Like my dad and I have had this conversation before. The MTA was not. Like our underground train system was not built for what we use it for today, right? Like, not at all. There, there was no way that back then, when it was being created, people would imagine that one day over seven million people in a week would ride this, right? Like, or or be able to take it to so many places. So it's always something I'm mindful of, but at the same time, because we didn't properly upkeep it when we were supposed to be upkeeping it, um, now we have all the issues we deal with. I get why we're we're doing three dollar surcharge fee. My understanding is that it's also supposed to like offset people, like to kind of like compete with Amazon in some yeah. way. So, which I also understand. Like I know for me right now, I've I've done most of my Christmas shopping not on Amazon. Like I tried really really hard to do small business focus. So like pretty much all of my Christmas shopping was done on Etsy this year. Yeah. Um, yeah, so 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 great. If anybody like needs ideas or like just like cute things to do for Christmas and you really don't like want to go through Amazon, Etsy is a great place. So small local business shops, it's it's really fantastic. Um, but anyway, so I, I get it. I think my really my biggest concern when it comes to the MTA always is like you're always raising the fare. You're not making this like better for people who do actually ride it. But also, I get it too because they're losing a lot of money a day. I really don't think anybody is riding that those subways. No, I mean only those people that are essential workers that, you know, have to I go can't. where they yeah, are but and they can't afford to drive. Yeah. So right. it's like I think I think I read somewhere, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, I don't know if it's the same now, like they lost I think like their revenue per day dropped like over like 60%. Yeah. That was in the beginning. Right. I don't I don't know what it is now. So it's like that's a lot of money. And the fare right now is like, what, 275 was the last time it was? I don't even know. That's I think it might be. Is, so I think it actually fucking might be $3, those fucking thieves. But I, all I know is every time I come home every year, then I have to, I end up paying more. I usually pay for like a weekly when I'm home. Mm -hmm. So I'm just like, that's always going up. But yeah. it's. Uh, I'm pretty sure it might be $3 now. To me, it's like, I guess $3 a day per person. Like that's, that is a lot of doll hairs that I can't do the math for. Remember we are not, not the brides of accuracy, not the brides of, of accuracy. Um, so, but even so, right. Like, well, I could do this one. If a million people are no longer riding the subway and it's $3 each, it's $3 million. They're losing. Very good. Very good. We're all so proud. The bar has never been lower, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I get it. I, I do feel bad, though, and I just – I don't know. I, the MTH just always fucking pisses me off because it's like, you actually haven't done anything differently except raise the fucking fare. And and did you see, though, New York Nico is, like, partnering with them to have it be, like, the New York Voices? I did see that. MTA. I'm, I'm so, so stoked excited. about that. Yeah. So instead that's of, my, like – That's my new life goal, like, to be – to reach the level of fame where I get to be the voice – on the subway 
<laughs> Wait, did I ever tell you there was that one time, uh, I forgot who I was with, but we were stuck on the R train and the guy comes over the PA. It's it's not the like pre-recorded voice. It's clearly the conductor. But he just starts the announcement with, uh, yeah, listen. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I love those. I love when they're fu- like the conductors that really get into it that don't sound absolutely fucking miserable and they actually like make it a little bit funnier or just like more enjoyable. Yeah. I love yeah. those. I gotta, um, you y'all should look up, uh, I forget the name of the Seinfeld episode, but it's the one where uh, they're all on the train. Each, mm-hmm. each of them takes a different, and they're all going somewhere different, but the whole episode essentially takes place on the train. And mm-hmm. uh, just Google the part where Elaine gets stuck on her train. It is the most accurate uh, thing I've ever seen as far as internal monologue and depiction mm-hmm. of how it feels to be stuck on a subway train. Oh yeah. Um, I actually I told you I've been watching more Seinfeld lately and I don't know the name of the episode either but I have watched that one recently and I remember because I think you might have said it in a previous episode and I was like oh this is what Cola was talking about. It's my favorite. I love it so much. I like cry laughing every time I watch that. Um, okay well that's, I hope one day you get there so for those who do not know the voices of New York over the MTA New York Nico our favorite human ever is uh there's pre-recorded for the most part on subways there's pre-recorded voices that'll say like stand clear of the closing doors beep boop or um it'll be um like next stop is and it's pre-recorded so now they're having famous little New Yorkers, like no New Yorkers or famous known voices in New York be the pre-recorded ones instead. So it makes it feel a little bit more, I guess, like home. I, even though like if you're not from New York, you're not going to fucking know whose voice is. You're just going to be like, who is that? But it's pretty exciting. I'm I'm kind of sad I won't be uh, hearing it anytime soon, but we'll definitely get back there. And we'll we'll report back our thoughts, of course, when we're finally there. Uh, <laughs> the other thing we, we want to talk about, so we're kind of talking about Christmas this week just because it is so soon, which fucking blows my mind. It still feels like it's March 210. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're talking about the New York City Christmas tree, the famous Rockefeller Center Christmas tree. It's getting, right. getting a lot of shit this year. Have you seen it? Okay. So I saw what happened when they first brought it in because <laughs> I made the joke that even the fucking tree has COVID. Um, <laughs> Then they found that owl that just like looks like it is stunned and they pulled it out because they were just like, how did we miss this? Um, That poor thing. Um, And yeah, it wasn't looking, wasn't looking so great. So, I mean, I can see why why it originally got some flack, but I saw it after they lit it up and then I saw saw someone say something like glow up of the year. And I'm like, (laughs) yeah. That looks great. So, like, I don't know what the issue is. I just thought it was – I thought they did it on purpose. Like, oh, like a Charlie Brown Christmas tree, right? Like, it just needs a little love. And, like, maybe this is me giving them all way too much credit, and I fully recognize that. Like, maybe it's just the metaphor for 2020. Like, it just needs a little love. It doesn't look perfect. It's not what we always imagine. It's not what we always get. But it's still beautiful. We can still make it fantastic, and we can still make the best of it. So that's what I thought – about it but I did feel real bad for that tree at first I was like this motherfucker was fulfilling its life purpose for any of my friends fans out there you know exactly what I'm talking about Phoebe and her Christmas tree love it's the way they justify the killing of the trees so to speak is that it's fulfilling its life purpose life purpose it's destiny to be a Christmas tree that's all that fucking tree was trying to do was just fill its life purpose and all of us on social media had too many fucking opinions about it 
All right, so this week we are talking about our favorite holiday traditions around this time of year, um, and we have a little bit of a surprise segment again for you at the end. We're introducing a new one for the broads, but uh, yeah, let's just jump right in. So this time of year, what are some of your favorite things? Well, now, are we talking like favorite things if I was home or like currently as it stays in California? (laughs) Um, I would say I was thinking more like if you were home or like growing up, like things you just like often think on so fondly around this time of year in the holidays. Okay, yeah, I um, I mean we're Italian, so we always do the feast of the seven fish, which I will be honest, I never really liked. I didn't really start eating much fish until I got a little bit older, and like the fish that you make for this holiday, I don't know if there's like specific ones that you're always supposed to make. Sometimes I feel like there are, but. It always just made my house smell like low tide and I just did not <laughs> like it. Uh, but I, I will say my traditional thing every year is fried calamari, mm-hmm. some lemon. Uh, that's what I, that's my favorite, like as far as food goes tradition yep. every year. Um, yep. And then we usually will hit the the city. This, we've been going to see the tree since we were like kids. Mm-hmm. So I don't do you know. Do that before, you do that like before Christmas or Christmas Eve, right? We don't do it on Christmas Eve because that is just masochistic, but uh, we'll do it like, oh, actually, we used to do it, I think, the day after or a couple days after Christmas, whenever my dad would take off work and be like, this is the day we're going to the city to see the yep. tree. Yep. Um, and I don't know, it never gets old. The last time I went to go see it was, I think, maybe two years ago when I was home and I was just so pleased uh, for about like you know, maybe like five minutes and then I was immediately yeah. annoyed by everyone pushing me. Um, yep. but yeah. I know. What about yourself? Year. Anything specific? Like I was thinking about like, so obviously my dad would decorate like really, again, my dad is truly, I call it, I say it every year. He is the king of Christmas when it comes to his decorating, the amount of, uh, soul and heart he puts into it is just, it always just made it so special for us as kids. So I always appreciate that. Um, but I was actually thinking as I got older, like the things I loved around this time of year, and I actually thought of our high school, the Christmas show that they would do every single year around like this time of year, how cute our like high school would decorate things. And um, the Chris- so they used to do the door decorating contest. Oh, that's right. And that, oh my God, I love that so much. Like walking around our halls and just like seeing how creative. That was like, so Homer- cute. Yeah, just like little things like that I, I've always really, really loved. I would say Christmas Eve dinner I've always loved. And the one fish I think you're thinking of that are that's usually good luck that we have to have every year is um, eel. That's oh, like the one right. is eel. That, that is like the one fish. To, it's like I think it, I think it's like a fish of it's like signifies like abundance or or good wishes. Um, we always did like uh, bacala. Yep. Yep. We, so I actually think we, we, we count every single year when we're actually eating and we're always like, I think we actually might have more than seven. Um, and my cousin would always be like, Oh God, don't tell Jesus. Like, that's not good luck. Probably that's like the opposite of it. Um, but so my favorite was always the octopus salad. My grandfather would make it. Yo. Oh, it's so, 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 so good. Like how could I forget that? Octopus is something I is one of those that I started eating later on, but Mm -hmm. yo, it's my favorite. I used to, <laughs> I used to have this one spot in the city that I would used to take all my dates to because they had the best grilled octopus. Salad. But I, my dad makes such a good grilled octopus. It is so so delicious. But in the salad, it's you know just a little bit of olive oil, a lot of parsley, um, 
celery, and then usually in ours, we put, we put scoongeal, we put shrimp yeah. in it as well. Um, Ooh, I don't like shrimp. <gasps> Hot take. I don't like shrimp. Disgusting. But Oh my God. I, I love it. It's so Christmas Eve dinner is usually growing up. It was my favorite just because my grandfather, the fisherman mm. was so, so good at it. Um, but so you're, yeah, I think you're thinking of eel. I never touched that shit. No, I don't particularly care for that but <laughs> I remember one year I remember one year my dad walked downstairs and the eel were in the bathtub because my grandfather had not killed we're talking like this is real authentic y'all Bruh. my grand my grandfather had not uh done the deed yet to kill them and put them into our Christmas Eve dinner how do you and kill them do you just get a hammer you know I didn't ask and I just remember my dad being like just going into the bathroom being like what the fuck <laughs> um yo that is so funny that is so Italian. Um, but there's yeah. There's eels in the bathtub. There's eels in the bathtub. Why'd you go in there? Like my dad got yelled at. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just so, so great. And I also think, so I, I'm telling y'all, it gets really, really Italian. There's two things that my family also does. Well, as we got older, this is what we wound up doing. But the one thing that's always stayed the same is we do the tushendere. Did you all do that with the procession around the baby Jesus? No, we did it in church. We used to do midnight mass. And uh, when I was an altar server, that was easier than when I got older and I did not mm. want to go to midnight mass anymore. Yeah. So I, I also was an altar server. We also went to – we as a as I started doing the serving, I did midnight mass. and But we always, no matter what, we did the Tushan today, which is, for those who do not know, it is a song about the, the ascending of baby Jesus around midnight – uh, you, we, you have a little nativity in your house or a lot of Italians have little nativities in their house and the baby Jesus doesn't get obviously put in until midnight or which is considered Christmas day, but on Christmas Eve after dinner, uh, you all walk around with lit candles and you sing the song and it's called Tushendere. And I was always the youngest. So I held the baby Jesus. And then this is pre COVID. You have to kiss the baby Jesus before you put him in the nativity for like, good luck. Um, but Bless. we still yeah, we still do the Tushendere. Um, obviously, I'm not the one holding the baby Jesus anymore. Um, I wouldn't kiss that baby Jesus. That's definitely lead paint they used on those dolls. <laughs> it was an expensive one, too, of course, because it had to be yeah. like the most immaculate fucking handmade shit, whatever, straight out of Italy. But yeah, oh, from I- Italy, it's definitely lead paint. <laughs> they uh I'm I don't know I'm actually kind of sad about it because this is the first year I my brother and I were talking about this this is probably like the first time in like well over 40 years that our Christmas Eve tradition as a family will not be happening because my brother is 41 um and the Christmas Eve tradition is always with my grandmother mm. um so I probably I would say probably actually closer to like 45 years Christmas Eve Damn. will not be happening so it's it is really sad but the other tradition that i love so so much now it is so fucking awesome my aunt who's also a hoarder love you but it's true throughout the year she just collects like little bubatsas and little like chachis you know throughout the year so she will at the end of like right before christmas dinner or christmas eve dinner she'll put a basket like she'll get a basket also that she probably hoarded uh she'll put a basket of all the things together like it's little things like you know like notepads or um like perfume samples like just things she got like in the mail uh and we would have a family trivia like that's like the new oh my god it's so fun so usually there's always like three or four categories and one of them is always like family 
trivia, which I think I might have told you all this in the beginning. Yes, uh, and that is probably this. that is probably my favorite. That's how I learned about the. Um, we're going to talk about her in a little bit. The La Befana. I was trying yes. to explain this to someone the other day and they were like, well, don't they also believe in Santa Claus? And I'm like, look, they might, but La Befana does not come on Christmas Eve. She comes on January 5th. Okay. You want to know how I right. know? Cause I fucking won a perfectly good perfume sample because I got that answer. Right. They were like, I was very, very defensive. And I was like, I know my family trivia. I know my Italian history. Oh my God. Yeah. So, that's why. Uh, yeah. My dad always said that growing up. He's like, uh, they celebrate on the January 6th or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Like that's, yeah, that's when La Befana comes. And that's the whole thing with the shoes, correct? I believe so. They yeah. They their shoes outside. Yep. Yep. And she. It's kind of like how we, le- yeah. how we leave cookies for right. Santa. It's like, so kids in so Italy. La Befana, La Befana <laughs> only likes Pignoli cookies. <laughs> um. We would, yeah, they leave, they have something with their shoes, but also. She eats the shoes. She, no, no, is that something with the shoes? She doesn't eat the shoes. She but, doesn't eat the shoes. I'm making a mess of this classic <laughs> tale. Uh, I don't, uh, yeah, because I don't actually think, I mean, kids in Italy might believe in Santa Claus, but they mostly believe in the love. If yeah, but it's, it's Babbo Natale. Yeah, that's what. So that's what someone said to me. They were like, "Isn't it Babbo Natale?" And I'm like, "Look, maybe, but they believe the La Befana is the one who also gives them gifts too." So, um, I, I got really defensive about that. That and Dominic the donkey. I was like, yeah. "Look, he's he's a Brooklyn donkey. Yo, he's a Dom, Brooklyn donkey." <laughs> Dom, how, thank you for reminding me. That is my other favorite tradition. Is Dom Dominic the donkey? That song is the best Christmas song. I will go on record and say it's my favorite Christmas song. <laughs> And he is my favorite holiday character. Fuck Rudolph. Dominic's where it's at. Okay. Dominic could kick Rudolph in the head. And he's more important to Santa. He is because Santa's reindeer can't climb the hills of Italy. So donkeys, Dominic the donkey is the one that does. Even though he is a donkey from Brooklyn. Right. And that just makes it even more special to me. <laughs> Do you remember that time uh, when we were in high school and uh, we were allowed to create our own Christmas decorations? So everybody had their own section of the cafeteria where we would sit for lunch every day. And our, our friends were like, let's make some Christmas decorations. And so I drew Dominic the donkey and Kristen fucking hated him and i've still not forgiven her because she said he had a creepy smile which first of all way to shit on my art second of all not only did she hate the donkey that i put up she she took him and hid him from me through the almost the entire holiday season and she i remember that because it was like if you ever want to see your donkey again she left you like a ransom note and she cut off his tail and she attached it to the that's right i almost forgot about that anyway sorry kristen we're no she's no longer talking to you she's re-mad about that now she's re-mad about the creepy donkey i'm gonna start sending her donkey um images with no context (laughs) we call this karma um that's so funny yeah i would say that that story never made sense to me because i'm like how is he a donkey from brooklyn that climbs the hills of italy like that's that's quite the stretch like how do you get there but you know what? I try not to think about too much. He got, much, a, he I, got a he got a work visa. <laughs> I too love Dominic the Donkey. He it's just a great song. Um, I also would say though my favorite Christmas songs around this time of year. It's a it's as much as I don't love church. I really love Christmas like hymns. Like mm-hmm. "Oh Come All Ye Faithful" is my shit. 
That is my jam. And my anytime it comes on and I try my best to sing and I don't hit any of the notes, my mom is like, this is fucking terrible. Actually, I have a great recommendation for New York City Christmas music. Mm-hmm. The New York City Jazz Trio, which you can find. Oh, I do love them. Yes, I do love them. You can find on Spotify and I'm sure other places. Um, and they have the most beautiful Christmas music that I like yeah. to cry to every morning. <laughs> I love them. I love Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Like I've been listening to this week while I work um, just because I can't really listen to a lot of lyric-y type things while I work sometimes. Um, and this week was like a heavy one for work. I've been listening to on Spotify the like piano, Christmas piano um, or Christmas hymns, like instrumental hymns. And it's so, so fucking good. It's beautiful. It is so beautiful. Um, we love. We honestly, I'm telling you, as I've gotten older, I just like appreciate the weirdest things that at like 24, I probably would have never given a fuck about, you know? No. I don't know what I was doing at 24. Probably nothing good, though. Yeah, nothing nothing good came at 24. That quarter life crisis uh, a year early really fucking sucks. Surprises. Surprise! Um, all right, do we want to do our new segment? Yes, I love this. Okay, so um, obviously for those who have listened previously, we get questions, you know, here and there. And normally we throw it into the segment of we have some thoughts, but we thought it'd be a good idea to have it be its own um, little piece of the show. So we're introducing the segment called Broad Questions. And this week we're going to do a New York City slash Italian Christmas edition, but it's more of like a, a this or that. So we're going to start off, we kind of talked about it a little bit, but Diker Lights or the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree? Okay. So I'm going to say Rockefeller. Yeah. Because even though we grew up in, well, I grew up in Diker Heights, very close to Bensonhurst. And mm-hmm. for those that don't know, the Diker Lights is this very specific part of the neighborhood where all these beautiful mansion houses go all out to put on the most beautiful Christmas light decoration. And it's like the span of like two or three blocks. And there's usually a line of traffic going up the block because everyone's just driving slow to see all the Christmas decorations. And I'm talking like there is a soldier the size of like one of the pillars that holds up one of the houses. Um, There was a house that did uh, the story of... Ebenezer, Ebenezer Scrooge. Yeah, Christmas, Christmas Carol. Carol. That was my favorite yeah. house. My dad knew that guy. Yeah, it was the best one because it had the ghost on the... Anyway, mm-hmm. it, so it's like all out. Um, Google the Diker lights at Christmas. You will see some beautiful houses. But I don't know. I That was more of a thing when we were kids and like before we'd like go to our school's Christmas show, we'd like drive mm-hmm. up the block or go after the show. Um, but the Rockefeller tree like... I don't know. I've lived there all my life and that it just never gets old. It's hard to feel small still when you're so used to the size of Manhattan and you grew up in that environment. Mm -hmm. And the Rockefeller Christmas tree always makes me feel small. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that. I didn't, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I would, I would agree. I think the only reason I lean more towards Diker lights is because it always felt like such a, like our slice of New York. You know what I mean? Like, If you if it's like if if you know you know you know so it's like it's one of those things. Well, obviously, as it got bigger, especially 
some of the houses would start to make like donations and donate to like St. Jude or the American Cancer Society that have little like collection boxes. And we're, we're also talking like these people don't decorate the houses themselves. Their houses are so big that they like pay people yes. to put up these lights because you I mean, someone would die if like you weren't professional, like a professional person trying to do this. Um but I actually think I lean more towards Diker lights. I do love the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree. Do not get me wrong. It does take my breath away every single time. But I do always just remember feeling like this is my neighborhood. This is my home. And how beautiful that this is like putting us on the map. That like people like if you know, you know, you know. <laughs> um, so the other one. Okay, so we'll do the next one. Christmas Eve dinner or Christmas Day dinner. I... This is hard. So it's changed a lot for me, at least over the couple, past couple of years, because my family, unfortunately, has gotten smaller because mm-hmm. people pass away and, you know, um, but it's but it also then gets bigger again because then, you know, obviously like me and my cousins get older. But um, this is so tough. I'm going to say. What do you eat for Christmas Day? It depends. My mom has changed it so many times. Um I think we've done like maybe this is New Year. Maybe I'm confusing it with New Year's Day, but sometimes she'll do lobster tails. Mm. Um, oh, so she keeps it with fish, like pretty consistent. Yeah. Still, fish. my dad. My dad also really loves lobster, so it's like a special occasion type thing. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Christmas Eve, only okay. because I like the build up. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm gonna- yeah. And then like the next day, because all the cooking's really done. Like the next day I get to have leftover calamari. And I'm that doesn't sound good, but it's honestly but it actually great. Is. Yeah, it is. Especially if you have an air fryer now, I feel like that's really a game changer for people. <laughs> it's um yeah. I don't know. What I, about you? Christmas Day dinner is Christmas Day dinner is a, a big one for us in the sense that I get more of the things I enjoy joy eating now that I'm gluten free. So growing up, I would have said Christmas Eve dinner for sure. Uh, But now we keep it more Americanized, Italian Americanized on Christmas day. So my mom usually makes lasagna. Like my, my mom used to do like days worth of cooking of lasagna, make trays for people. Like she, you know, send them home with a tray of lasagna. Uh, So she would usually do that. And my dad would either make like a prime rib or something like that. But Mm. now that I'm gluten free, my mom has perfected perfected gluten-free stuffed shells oh so same so 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 good so i now would say as an adult christmas day all right but growing up i definitely would have said christmas eve um okay santa or the la bifana i think we gotta go with la bifana just because she eats shoes and like (laughs) she doesn't eat shoes (laughs) um but i like the idea of like a little old lady coming to your house and leaving you fruits and presents that's actually what she leaves is like candy and like fruit and stuff yeah um, I, I i would agree because she's also like it's a boss ass bitch move like also she doesn't need to come into your house this fucking only a fucking white guy with a beard would force his way into your home all right let's start with that la befana knows that the shoes are out that's where she leaves the presents outside yep. the house and then you yep. go get them in the morning she doesn't come in covid friendly before covid do we also did you ever get like a lot of shit as a kid because it was like like how does santa come into your house like i feel like a lot of kids in brooklyn struggled with this identity and yes. concept. it's like a lot of families in brooklyn we ain't got chimneys we got apartment buildings so not, yeah i lived in a two-family uh we tried to film him one year me and my sister thought we were real smart my father is a master at stop motion 
and he made it so that the presents like walked themselves to the tree when we watched the video the next day. What? Yeah. That is the coolest thing ever. Yeah. I'm sure he still has the video somewhere. That is insane. I need to see that. That is really, really cool. Um, yeah. I, but here's the thing. I had a, a fireplace in my house. So we technically had a chimney. So for me, it was like, duh, that's how Santa's getting in my house. I don't know about the rest of these fucking kids, but I got a fireplace. Um, but I do remember like a lot of kids in school being like, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, how does he come into my Santa, apartment building? Santa comes in on the fire escape. <laughs> The only like man that could stand on a fire escape in New York and not drop to his death. <laughs> Him and his reindeer. <laughs> um, Saks Fifth Avenue light show or the Macy's window display. Okay, I'm going to go Macy's. This is like a no-brainer for me. I like the light show. It's beautiful. I even like actually walking past Bloomingdale's. Uh, I think it's mm-hmm. not a light show. It's just they decorate it amazingly. But yep. the Macy's windows are the Macy's windows. You know. I I would agree because it always reminds me. I especially love the story. They tell like a story in each window. Yeah. And um, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus is like one of my favorite stories. And also Macy's um, Miracle on 34th Street is also one of my favorite Christmas mu- movies. So uh, which I think we can probably get into movies maybe next week closer to the holiday um, itself. But um, I always just love the spirit of Macy's and like it just always like feels like Christmas. So I would I would agree with that. Um, okay, these are these are. I mean, one of them is really really tough, but I don't think the other one's going to be. Listen, a if it's not going to be like West Side Story, take off my pants. <laughs> tough, I think I'm okay. Um, panettone or catalate? Okay, uh, I'm gonna say, even though I don't, it's gonna be panettone. Really? Because it's not always my favorite. You just, I just realized over the years that my parents used to buy the fucking bogus ass one with like fucking mango and pear in it or whatever else comes in panettone. But like you could buy like panettone with stuff in it that you actually like. I like panettone because it's light and I can have my espresso with it. Yeah, my dad's, my dad actually, I think would say the same thing. Cartelata. So for those who don't know, it's honey. It's like a, it's like a little weird shaped dessert but there it's it's like with a honey glaze and um i actually really i I can't obviously eat any of these things anymore but cartelata used to be like one of my favorite things to look forward to especially it's my grandmother the way she made it it's just so fucking light and like sweet um so i would go cartelata um this one's the hard one for me is the struffoli or pizza struffoli what i'm sorry dude let me tell you, I was a monster with struffoli when I was a child. Like, my parents had to tell me to stop eating it. Like, <laughs> I – because I would just, like, eat until, like, my stomach hurt. Those things – and so my uncle worked at uh, – worked and owned a bakery all my mm-hmm. life. So when it came time for Christmas, we'd have, like, two giant plates of struffoli. Like, they're, like, they're like Christmas tree balls. Well, they, dec- they decorate them like Christmas trees. Yes, exactly. <gasps> and I would eat them until, like, you know when you eat a lot and, like, the roof of your mouth is, like, numb almost from, like, the mm-hmm. honey and, like, yeah. That's – that I would inhale them. So it's always going to be struffoli. I'm going to go pizzelle on this one. So, again, for anybody that doesn't know, struffoli is, like, honey balls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's what we used to call them. They're honey balls, and you decorate them with, like, sprinkles. Some people put powdered, powdered sugar on them. Uh, they are, when done correctly, they are, like, very light. But light, so light, like, fried dough, essentially. Yep. Uh, whereas pizzelle is, uh, it's kind of like, 
So when you make the batter to it, there's a special maker. There's a pizzelle maker because when you get it, it looks like a. Some people refer to it as like they look like snowflakes, like the little. Uh, yes. They, like yeah. they, they're my, like my mother made those too. I just yeah. I'm trying to like think of the best way to describe them for people who people who might not know, but it's it's essentially like a a flat wafer, but it's not a wafer as much as it's it's kind of like a. Honestly, it looks like pancake batter as you're making yeah. it, but it's so light, so thin, and you put you put some uh some powdered sugar on that. Those I could take down, like th- like how you were with Struffoli. Like for me, pizzelle was like <gasps> I That's could. My- oh my god! <laughs> my grandmother used to call me. Uh, let me get the right buddies dialect here. Patrona de Tsupr. Meaning, uh, I even butchered that. Actually, that's. Uh, basically the patron saint of struffoli because <laughs> i would fucking eat them i'm called the uh, pichaletta pichanon were you ever called that no because i wasn't the youngest well so that i am the youngest uh <laughs> that's what i'm usually uh known as it means like uh it means like little it means like little one and like big one and little one. Yeah. Like, like as I got older, like I was as I was growing, but I'm still the little one because I'm the youngest in the family. And I, I definitely I have to ask my my uncle about that. But yeah, I'm always referred to as Pichadena Pichanon or, or uh, you'd always get the were you ever called Facha Brut? Uh no, thankfully. <laughs> so it actually means ugly face, but it's like one of those things where it's actually like uh maybe as a kid, like that seems like, like it's like an endearing term. Yeah, but it's supposed to mean like I don't know if it's kind of like you're so cute, you're ugly type thing. Like I don't know where the fucking premise to it comes from, but that is that is the only one that as as like as a kid I remember getting called too. But the the family nickname is still very much pitched in and pitched on. And yeah, I'm I'm definitely sad that I won't be having my Christmas Eve traditions that uh, we'll have this year. But for our listeners, we definitely want to know what some of your holiday traditions are. We'll post the drop uh, in the when after the episode is released this week. We're going to do an Instagram story where you can share some of that stuff with us, and, and we'll be sure to share it on the next episode. Please let us know some of your favorites. Um, any other thoughts? How are you feeling about the holidays? I'm sad. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm going to have a great Christmas regardless because I'm being my girlfriend, but um... – you know, it's just, I wish I wanted to, I wanted to take her to New York. I wanted to like, you know, like really show her like New York at Christmas, you know? There is something so special when you as a New Yorker get to show people like, again, similar to how I felt about Diker, that little slice of of heaven that not a lot of people get inside to, right? Because it's so easy for us to be like, oh, let's take you to all the touristy things. But it's like, no, 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 let me show you my home. Yeah. I'm not showing New York. I'm showing you my home. And it just it's so much more special than that i feel like it's like i'm showing i mean and she's been to new york before but like Mm -hmm. you know it's just feels like it's like i'm showing some like i'm so proud of this thing that my child did which is like my child is not is just not doing anything it's just there um but yeah that's i don't know i don't know soon maybe next year so but i I, I don't know it's gonna be a good christmas regardless but it's gonna be a little different yep i'm thinking I'm kind of starting to see a light at the end of this tunnel. Yeah. I don't know. I don't necessarily know if it's like a light as much as it might just be like a speck of dust, but it's a train. I'm, yeah, it's actually a train. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm starting to feel a little more hopeful going into next year. And honestly, 
the way I've been kind of thinking about it is getting to January 1st is while yes, 2020 was not the fucking year we, anybody thought we were going to have. I essentially have every single thing I need is what I've been telling myself, right? Like I have my loved ones. I, everybody's safe. Thank God. Like everybody's okay. We're all still fine in some of the worst times. Um, I got a podcast out of this deal. Like it's shitty for sure, but there's still a lot of good things here. So for anybody who might be struggling right now, I definitely encourage the the grounding and gratitude. Hell yeah. All right. Well, this was fun. Let's do it again next week. For sure. Yay. Okay. Well, (laughs) I'm Anna. I'm Cola. And this, we are two broads from Brooklyn. Have a good night.